This episode of the Door County Pulse podcast is brought to you in part by the Door County Community Foundation, inspiring people to give back, to sustain, and advance the community that we love. To learn more, visit givedoorcounty.org. Hello, and welcome to the Door County Pulse podcast. I'm Miles Danhausen Jr., and for the first time, I will be joined on the podcast by David Elliott. Uh, Dave, thanks for joining us today. I know you've looked forward to this for your entire life. Absolutely. Yeah, it's been a long time. It's been one of my dreams. <laughs> um, we are here today to have a very interesting conversation that will bore most of our listeners to death. No, um, we Good. are going to talk about uh, room tax, which, you know, for a lot of listeners might be something totally new, but I, I do think even if you've never thought twice about room tax before, I think you will find this discussion interesting because uh, room tax has been a vital part of how we promote tourism and how we fund some of our infrastructure in the county here for about 12 to 13 years. And not coincidentally, Dave Elliott was part of the uh, group that really led the charge to get that put in place, uh, I think starting in 2005, 2006 and is now kind of the, the main person leading an effort to try and update the, the room tax regulations through both an, an increase, but also a, a rethinking of how that room tax money is spent and allocated. So I guess before we get into what this new idea for room tax might be, it'd be good to set the stage for people to explain the background because a lot of people, and this is in my conversations as well, just don't understand room tax at all, how it's funded, how it came about, and how it's allocated. So, Dave, you want to take us back to the beginnings of where room tax came from in Door County? Uh, the beginnings. Well, the, my involvement was a little, a few years down the road from when room tax first hit Door County. The city of Sturgeon Bay put room tax in, in I think, 1999. And they actually made a concerted effort to try to get all of Northern Door under one room tax at that time. However, Northern Door kind of snubbed their nose at Sturgeon Bay and said, we don't need room tax, we're doing fine, we don't want it. So it did that did create some challenges later on, and I'll get to those. So in 2005, the Northern Door and actually all of Door County was starting to feel the recession that had hit everybody else in the country in tourism after 9-11. Mm -hmm. um, so Door County kind of weathered through that storm really easily and well because we were a travel drive-to destination. And right after 9-11, people flocked to Door County. But three, Gas four- Gas prices were a lot higher. Yep. So three, four years later, everything started to go the opposite direction in the community. And there was a concerted effort among many to figure out how to find a funding mechanism to get us on a competitive level with everybody else. Because at that time, I mean, Miles, you wrote an article called The Dead Zone, entitled that we talked about downtown Sister Bay around that same time because businesses were leaving. Yeah, and you know, and that came a couple years later, but in, in at the 2005-2006 range, I'm sitting, I'm bartending, writing a little bit for The Pulse and bartending at like T. Ashwell's and the Sister Bay Bowl and hearing all these people and business owners talking about, you know, we're suffering. We're not, we're not getting the traffic we used to get. Tourism isn't what it used to be. And people were getting really frustrated with what was in the Door County Chamber of Commerce thinking, well, they should be doing more, but not understanding really that the Chamber of Commerce really had a very tiny budget at the time. Yeah, the, the chamber had a budget of a total of $600,000, um, and they were spending $225,000 on marketing. $225,000 on That doesn't marketing. go very far. No, not at all. And it was limited, but what the community expected, they expected them to be this world-class marketing thing that was pushing the idea of and telling people the story of Door County. And at that time, too, there was the same pushback of, we already have enough people, maybe, we, maybe it's time to close the door. The challenge was, however, that if you combined what all the realtors were using for their marketing dollars together, it was 10 to 12 times what the chamber was spending on marketing. Hmm. So we were actually promoting Door County as a place that was for sale, which meant that in a very short order, this place could have been completely bought out by a whole bunch of people from outside the county and changed. We could have had water parks. We could have and all sorts of other And there were legitimate discussions about yep. water. And that was one of the things people started promoting is like, Maybe we need a water park in Door County. There are very serious discussions from from people in, in position to try and make something like that happen because people were starting to feel desperate to get some tourism dollars. Absolutely. So what happened was the, the then Chamber of Commerce said, okay, how do we fix this? 
they put together an ad hoc committee called an alternative funding committee. Um, actually, your dad was on that with me, Miles, and so was Dennis Stotts and Jim Robinson come to mind as members of that. And mm-hmm. we we went through and we looked at the options out there and we saw that room tax was a viable option. We looked at Premier Resort tax. It wasn't something that was really could work for the whole county and there weren't any other funding mechanisms that would work. So we kind of all agreed that really we think thought room tax would make sense, but we needed someone to kind of bring the whole community together because it was pretty, pretty segmented. I mean, at that time, Ephraim Business Council was fighting with the Fish Creek Civic Association, which has then had a battle with Bailey's Harbor Community Association. Those, all those individual small little community marketing agencies were battling each other for market share. I mean, Bailey's Harbor was saying their whole marketing plan was to stick rack cards in Fish Creek to bring people to Bailey's Harbor. <laughs> that was their whole marketing plan. Yeah, there was a lot of that, actually, of, of like businesses taking other businesses' cards out of racks and, and communities taking their stuff out of racks. And and you also have to set the stage for this, too, is we now know after like 10 or 12 years of room tax, we see our community associations as, all right, these are stable organizations that have a, a coordinator or a director in charge who is a big part of our community some had that, but it was kind of like they might have it for a year, that person moved on, then it was gone and things would restart or they were just totally volunteer run and they weren't the kind of professional organizations we think of today. Actually, they were all volunteer run with the exception of maybe Fish Creek had someone that and was Sturgeon a Bay. little and Sturgeon Bay and that yeah. was it. Um, so yeah, so that, that's kind of the backdrop for all this. And then what, what the Alternative Funding Committee basically said is we think that it would make sense to create a separate coalition of chamber members and non-chamber members bring a group together, see if we can raise money and raise, bring in a consultant. Um, Fred Anderson nominated me to chair that whole coalition, I think more because he didn't want to do it and he thought that I would <laughs> run around and do it. So I did that and we, we got business associations to donate money. The county put in some money, each municipality put in money and we raised about $65,000 and we brought Marshall Murdoch in who kind of evaluated our community. He came. Well, let's go back. Like, sure. People didn't even think that you could go out and get that money and bring people together to even look at that. Correct. Right. But I don't. I don't have to tell that story, Miles. That that makes some people. Well, look bad. I th- well, you don't have to tell who it was, but I think it's important to note that like it wasn't a unified, easy effort at the time to get people to start thinking differently and look at different options. I mean, there was we, True. we were a, a relatively somewhat fractured county, at least from a business standpoint, you know, communities were a little bit in their own silos and individual municipalities really didn't look at the other municipality that much. It was, they were kind of reluctant to work together. I think that's an important part of this stage. The whole point of raising the money from a lot of different sources, we had, I think over 150 different organizations and individuals donated. I mean, there were locals that just wrote checks for $25 and say, this is what I can do to help, but we appreciate what you're trying to do for our community. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't just municipalities or business associations. It was business owners. It was local residents. It was a mix of all of it together. And sure, there were some people that pushed back. I had a, I had an ongoing bet of saying to, to one board member on the then chamber of commerce. And I said, what do I need to do to convince you that we need to, we can do this. And he said, there's no way possible you're going to do it. So there's nothing we need to talk about here. And it took us about two and a half months, but we raised the money. We brought Marshall in. Marshall was one of the people that created the Virginia for lovers campaign. And he had worked with the New York city chamber of commerce. So he had a great history of doing this stuff. And he came in and did a bunch of different gatherings and got analysis from all the innkeepers and the local businesses and the community leaders and basically came back and said, you have a great destination in Door County, but no one knows about it. it. You're not telling the story. He said, I've gone into other destinations where I have to tell them that they don't even have a good product. They've got to look at what the product is and they got to find a way to, to rebramp that. You don't have to do that in Door County. And he said, you can preserve what you have too by the right marketing. This isn't about just bringing massive amounts of people here. It's about bringing people who want to experience what you have, not change it. Mm-hmm. So then what happens is Murdaugh does this thing. He recommends that use room tax. There are, he looks at some of those alternative funding options and there were some somewhat complicated sales tax ways of going about it to try and spread it out amongst all the businesses. But essentially the easiest thing to implement, and that's why it went this way is like the easiest and most effective way to do it was through a room tax. Well, there is ease, but there's also that the idea of some kind of additional sales tax affects everybody. It affects the locals as well as the tourists. A room tax only is a pass-through tax for the innkeeper that only hits the visitor. The visitor, so the visitor is paying the tax to come here, which means that the locals don't have to. And in defense of the, the innkeeper, they would say, well, we also pay the credit card fees on that increased tax. 
They do. We'll, we'll get we to that. We should touch on it. Go ahead. What we're talking about today, and I, I, that's the only reference point I have in my head, is about is a 2.5% increase in room tax. And the highest, really, rate that people pay is about 3% on credit cards for fees. So if we're talking about a 2.5% increase on room tax, that's for an average innkeeper, on a, that means on $1,000 worth of revenue, they're paying 75 cents of credit card fees. So yes, there's some fees there, but it really is a negligible amount of money that we're talking about. Right. I just wanted to, to, to be the stand-in for the innkeeper there who, who would I, make that argument. I appreciate um, it. And, I, and, that and, was, I, and that was a legitimate thing that was brought up back at the time was innkeeper saying, you're, you're going to ask us to collect and do the work for this and pay the fees to, to fund everything for everybody else. Absolutely. But, it's a fair, it's a fair yeah. argument. And I, and I totally agree with it. But on the flip side, room tax should increase occupancy rates, which shouldn't allow the innkeeper to increase their average daily rate mm-hmm. and make their rooms more expensive. Yeah. And which is what we've, the evidence has borne out in the time since. Absolutely. It's gone up, I think, 53% since room tax was first put in. And so getting the room tax put in took a couple of years. It actually took several years for everyone to come on board. We started the campaign for end of 2006. A number of communities, I think 15 communities came in by the May of 2007. Um, And then it wasn't until 2009 that the rest joined. And one of the outlying communities was the city of Sturgeon Bay because the city looked at it and said, hey, we have our own room tax it's supporting our visitor and convention center. If you we switch to a community-wide room tax, we're losing some of the funding to that we use on our own marketing. And what is that? How how is that going to affect us? So it gets put in. You get a 5.5 percent room tax, and legislation says 70 percent has to go to tourism marketing of overnight stays. But other promotions, there's a lot of different ways that communities use this. Door County ends up putting 66 percent to overnight stays, which then could only really go to the Chamber of Commerce, which then became the Door County Visitor Bureau, which is now Destination Door County. The other 30% goes to the individual municipalities, and they can spend that any way they want. And then 4% went to the tourism Door County Tourism Zone Commission, which, is a, which oversees the whole shebang and has representatives from every community, and they actually have to collect the tax, punish people for not paying the tax, track people down to get them to pay the tax, things like vacation rental units um, and lodging owners and, and everybody involved in that. But the 30% to the municipalities, to their credit, a lot of these municipalities recognize the value of tourism and have used most of that, if not in some cases, a, a large chunk of that to reinvest in their own local community associations and, and tourism. Sure, but if I could backtrack just a second, why is it split that way? So, I, I mean, I think it's important to talk about why sure. the percentage split breakdown is the way it is. Because what happened originally was room tax was initially something that was municipalities pushed for. They looked at all these transient visitors coming into a community and they're saying, okay, this is putting wear and tear on our infrastructure. This is affecting our wastewater treatment plants. This is affecting our roads. They're using our sidewalks more. So we need to find, we don't want to tax the locals more. We want to tax the visitors so that we can repair the things that visitors come to use. And you're speaking in general about the very beginnings of room tax, not necessarily Door County specific. Correct. Yep. I'm just talking about room tax in the state of Wisconsin because that's all I can speak to. And so originally it was the, the, the municipalities wanted to take as much as they could. And then the innkeepers said, wait a minute, we're collecting the tax. We need to guarantee that some of this is being spent on outside marketing to continue to bring people here. So we're not just collecting a tax for the municipality. So that's where the negotiation of that 70% came in is the, the Wisconsin hotels and innkeepers lobbied hard and got a strong 70% has to be spent on marketing or tourism related specific infrastructure. And what happened in 2005 and six is that Bob Cuffrin was then, actually, who was the village administrator for Sister Bay, was ahead of the tourism zone that was created to kind of create the documents that all the municipalities had to sign. And he kind of structured it in a weird way and found a way to kind of work around the state legislation and have 4% to come back to fund the tourism zone. We're looking at that now and feeling like we really got to align ourselves with state statute. Otherwise, we could open ourselves up for some things. And we think that by doing this and switching that, that's one of the motivations here. So that's kind of like the baseline of, yep. of what room tax is, how the money is split up. I, I think hopefully some of our listeners now know something that they maybe didn't know before or have already gone to sleep. Um, but I hope not, but I've been known <laughs> to do that. Yeah, it works. Um, the, and I get... I really like talking about this. Room tax has been one of the most interesting things in, in my opinion of the, you know, the 15 odd years that I've been writing about door County, just because it impacts so many different 
things and gives you so much data to pour through. You know, this is a tax that I think early on collected around $3 million a year. Now it's up to over $5 million a year that we get. And that means about 3 million bucks goes to help promote this County and keep us relevant and keep us on top of mind and other for tourists all over the Midwest and somewhat nationally. But then that also leaves almost 2 million bucks for local municipalities to, to spend on our community. Right. Let's, let's not forget. I mean, we, it, it seems like something when we talk about room tax, it says, Oh, that's not about me. When you're a local and you're th- sitting here hearing this, it's like, well, room tax isn't about me. That's put on the visitors. And all that's doing is bringing more people here. That's not it. Like the, the reason why room tax was put in, in the first place, sure. Marketing and promotion was a big piece of it, but a lot of it was preserving the livelihoods of the locals that lived here. It was making sure that we had people coming to the restaurants going to the theater and seeing the play productions to continue to us to be able to have the cultural amenities that we have, let alone being able to reinvest in the infrastructure. And I know that you've, you've mentioned this a lot, Miles, like what each of our municipalities since room tax has been put in has taken that money and put it back into things that both locals and tourists are enjoying at this point. So it's really not about a, just a visitor tax and benefiting the visitors and the businesses. It's actually benefiting the locals in terms of keeping taxes down too. Sure, they go up, but they'd be a lot higher if we didn't have room tax. Absolutely. And you know, some of these municipalities, you would know the numbers better, but some of these municipalities getting somewhere between two and $300,000 a year kick back to the individual municipality from room tax, correct? Yep. And that is used, you know, for the most part, that funds a lot of these positions as community coordinators who are... You know, if you live in Sister Bay, you probably know who Louise Housen is. She's putting on, helping run and organize a lot of these events with an assistant, Maluska McCarthy, and is involved in a lot of different discussions in Sister Bay. If you are in Bailey's Harbor, you probably know Bryn Swanson and Katie Homan, who have been involved in so many events and community celebrations in Bailey's Harbor. And and you can go up and down the peninsula and, and find those people. Those are in part funded, if not in large part, funded by the room tax. Absolutely. That is why, you know, if, if you look back, there are different people who've been around a long time know that a lot of these events have ebbed and flowed with the ability to get volunteers. And you maybe had Pumpkin Patch going strong for four or five years because uh, there was a volunteer at the head of it who wanted to put in the time. But then once that volunteer just got burnt out, then it would just kind of wither for a few years. And then maybe somebody else took it and brought it back for a year or two. And then it withered. Same fireworks. They come and go all the time. In a lot of these communities, but since room tax have been implemented, they've they've had a lot more consistency for a lot of those things. You've seen Christmas decorations, which I remember 12 years ago writing about, like we we really need to do some something more. Like none of our communities do much in terms of like holiday decorations. Well, and it's actually even more than that. I mean, I mentioned Bob Cuffrin earlier, and I know you've talked about this too. I'm sorry to interrupt you with the, no, the event stuff, but. Uh, one of the reasons why Cuffrin wanted the most possible money coming back to the municipalities was it's because it's also the same around the same time that Sister Bay was looking at purchasing more and more waterfront. Mm-hmm. So he was looking at finding ways to really not put the burden of that purchase all on the locals, but make Sister Bay more amenable for locals to hang out in. And mm-hmm. if you increase room tax or put a room tax in, that could alleviate that burden on the, the taxpayer and the local taxpayer and put it onto the visitor and let... and. This isn't to make the visitor's experience more and more expensive. It's just to say, hey, look, we do a really, really good job at hosting visitors here. I mean, this this community has been doing it for over 100 years. I mean, that's what established Northern Door and Sturgeon Bay for the most part in the first place, too. Sure, we had cherry orchards, but people came to visit the Blossoms early on. And that's what brought people here. People came through Steamship up from Chicago and St. Louis. We've been hosting people for a long time and doing a good job of it. And at some point... The more people we bring in, the more we need to have the visitor contribute to the continuing maintenance of our infrastructure, whether that be the helping with the Ridges Sanctuary or helping just put in a sidewalk to a campground. It's all necessary stuff. Yeah, when you look at at tourism's growth over the last 10 or 12 years, obviously we've had more money to market it, but we've also, our communities have done a great deal and our nonprofits to invest in what we have here. You have Sister Bay spending about $20 million on their waterfront and recreational facilities. Bailey's Harbor doing things with improving Anclam Park and Ridges Beach and and other facilities. The influx of festivals, and I'll, I'll speak for ourselves a little bit here, is like a bunch of these silent sports events and the things that Sean Ryan has been doing. And with the Door County Triathlon, Door County Half Marathon, Fall 50, all these things, there's been a lot of additions to help bring people up here and experience Door County. And, at, and what I would say, what I always say about the half marathon is like, what better way to get them to experience Door County than bring them into Peninsula State Park? That's as good an introduction as you could get. Sure. And that's what a lot of those events do. But you also have like Northern Sky, um, 
Peninsula Players expanding their theater, right on Door County, um, the Ridge's new center. Like you're talking, you easily get to the realm of fifty to hundred million dollars in investments in local infrastructure, beaches, and attractions. Well, if I could, I'd like to take us back to the municipal investment. I mean, so if you look at what each community has done, you you mentioned that that they fund these different developments or the purchase of the beach and that, and then the refinement of Bailey's Harbor and the and the Ancam point in pier but there's also each community pays puts money towards the brins and the louises and the pam silers the community and business association leaders that is coming out of the room tax money so remember yeah. when i talked before about how the 30 percent was established for municipalities to be able to invest back in infrastructure a lot of the municipalities have been, have been handing over their share of their room tax back into more marketing. So you follow that? So yeah. so essentially, like Bailey's Harbor, for example, basically says we'll contribute 40% of our $100,000 every year back to the Bailey's Harbor Community Association, which is great for the Bailey's Harbor Community Association, but don't, don't forget that that's $40,000 that we're not spending on water treatment, our sidewalks, or, or roads, on other kind of repair that tourists use all the time. So that that's kind of that's one of the reasons why I thought we should revisit this whole room tax thing and look at how the money is being spent because I don't think the municipalities have enough available to keep up with the demand that's put on them and if the if the options are increasing real estate taxes compared to putting in a a, a bed tax essentially for that goes on to the visitors. I feel it make it makes way more sense to tax the visitors as opposed to the local and put the money in the hands of the municipalities to keep the infrastructure going. So you started talking about raising room tax. So again, it's at 5.5% now. You've talked about raising it 2.5% to that. I think that's the state maximum is 8%. The state max is 8% unless you have a visitor and convention center, which then you can raise it another 2%. So that, the reason why I bring that up is because like Green Bay has a 10% tax and people would say, well, how come Green Bay is 10%? The maximum Door County can have is eight and it won't right now. I don't see any way that the state legislator is ever going to increase that. Hmm. That's the max. Yeah. Um, you mentioned Green Bay and I, it just got me thinking of, uh, another context for like Door County's tourism, um, struggles in like the 2004, 2005 range was that we didn't mention earlier, which is how much other places were starting to compete. Other places in the Midwest were like, well, we want some of Door County's pie. So even, uh, Green Bay became a much bigger tourism player when they built the new Lambeau field and the atrium and all the attractions down there. So they were siphoning tourism dollars and traveler dollars. Wisconsin Dells was competing really hard. The Northwood started competing really hard and Michigan was going really hard. So that was another component that we didn't talk about earlier, random segue here, but just that there was also like this, this mm -hmm. uh, influx of competition for those visitors. Um, so you, you want to, you get this idea of raising it 2.5%. Why does this pop in your head in you, you started pushing for this. I know you've been discussing it and, and talked about this for probably years of like whether or not they should use that other excess chunk of room tax that's laying out there. But why, why start pushing for it this fall? I mean, everyone's dealing with COVID. Everyone's um, overwhelmed in businesses, right? With uh, all the stresses they're, they're facing. Why bring it up now? Well, because I can't sit still. No, that's not the right, that's <laughs> not the right answer. The um, part of it is, is there's, at the newspaper, Miles, we watch what's going on with everybody. We see how municipal budgets are struggling throughout the entire county. We watch that. That's part of what we do in our jobs. But And that's one piece of this. But the real part is, is it goes back to, I think we do a really good job of hosting visitors. So I think we do a really good job, but I also look at how are we going to be able to continue to do that in the next decade? And if you look at the timing, we went through it when room tax was put in the last time. We did it in 2005 when Door County was kind of experiencing its first part of a recession after 9-11. And then we went into the recession of 2008 and 2009 when the whole country was having troubles. And we put in room tax then. In the hardest time in the last 30, 40 years, we put in a room tax and it helped us grow through a recession. So my memory kind of ticks forward and says, well, wait a minute, we're going through something else. Now is the time for us to find a way to let's let's stick money in the war chest, so to speak. We're a community. We need to find a way to invest back in ourselves as quickly as possible so that we can preserve this place for the next decade. So that was one piece. Um, then I look at the municipalities and we see Sturgeon Bay needs money. Bailey's Harbor needs money. 
Town of Gibraltar needs money. Liberty Grove needs money. You talk to the town of Washington, and they need money to help to well, help keep the infrastructure going. Let's clarify going. that because I think like the the average taxpayer would be like, "Why do they need money? They just want more taxes. They want the government wants more of of what I work hard to to keep in my pocket. So, what do they need money for? Well, we all need money for infrastructure, and I mean, I, I right, don't say infrastructure. Speak, that's a terrible word. Okay, because nobody knows what infrastructure. Is. Nobody infrastructure is. It means is a the, million different things, and it's just like a, a useless okay. jargon word. So don't you, don't you, you love having fun take, with this one? Take so, your okay, Bailey's okay, Harbor right? Town board okay. hat off and and tell people what we need it for. So uh, for an example, I'm going to put the town chair hat back on. Um, the town of Bailey's Harbor has recommended that we repave two and a half miles of road every single year. Okay. So that annual budget, what we'd set for roads, was anywhere between two hundred twenty-five and two hundred seventy-five thousand dollars a year, and that's for everything. That's not just roads. That's for all the all the parking lots and everything. Well, now we're told that that price of that two and a half miles of road is actually going to be starting at two seventy-five up to three hundred fifty thousand dollars. Where does that money come from? It's not just a we don't taxes don't go up enough to cover that. It's just an annual thing of when money goes up. So that's part of infrastructure. That's one use of that infrastructure. What's another thing? You mentioned Ann Clam Point. That's a great, beautiful view and vista there. The high water has really done a ton of damage on it over time. Um, we had to redo the whole thing, which meant bringing in big boulders and surrounding that whole point with it. But it's still not done. And the expense was huge. And it wasn't an anticipated expense because the high water came. Our marina is going to have to undergo the same kind of treatment because the high water has come in and undermined a lot of the uh, the launch ramps. It's a huge expense to fix that. That's infrastructure. And that's infrastructure that both locals and visitors use. Our playgrounds are infrastructure. Our sidewalks are infrastructure. So that's what I'm talking about. I mean, then you look in the town of Gibraltar, they're dealing with sidewalk assessments. They've got to figure out how to cover the cost of that. Those sidewalks are used by locals and by visitors. But the burden that right now, the town is putting all of that on some of the residents and a finite amount of those residents. So that's, and then the light poles and all of that, all that stuff that we all enjoy that we take for granted here actually costs money, let alone paying for the people that do all the work. And when I mentioned the town of Washington, all the work they have to do from a public level, the beaches all in Washington are all town, they're all town parks. So the town is responsible for those bathrooms and cleaning them and maintaining them as well as cleaning up after all the trash that all the visitors leave. And people need to keep coming back to the island because if they don't go, there's a lot of businesses that would fall off and die. And the people that are going there are enjoying the town amenities and the town is paying for it. Um, And then you had mentioned Sturgeon Bay earlier. If anyone's been following the news over the last several years, they have some pretty significant road problems in the city of Sturgeon Bay that they have tried to do a premier resort area tax and been rebuffed by the state to try and pay for that. So... They obviously have some some funding issues with just their very basic road needs. The the knee jerk is always when you say, "Well, why is the town? Why do municipalities need more money? Just they should just cut something." Well, you get let's let's talk about what that actually means. That means that some service isn't going to be provided that you've gotten used to using. It's just the way that it works. You can't cut things. And I look at the I look at towns. Really, and you can't <laughs> cut things. Well, you sure there's some things you can cut, but that doesn't mean that the services won't go away. Okay. So you mean sure we can we can have less of a staff at the town of Bailey's Harbor that that works on public that public works we could have less people in water treatment we couldn't re, we don't have to replace a water a wastewater pump that goes out that costs thirty five thousand dollars we could cut that and work on one guess what if that one goes out then we have nothing that pumps the sewage out of everybody's home so I mean like that's those are the real things that we're talking about and and you asked like what drove me to talk about room tax now the tourism zone which is funded by four percent. When that was first implemented, when room tax was first put in, we had 400 to 500 permits in the beginning in 2007. We now have 1,267 permits. So it's tripled or quadrupled in the last 15 years. And we still only have one staff person working there. It's just not sustainable. In the beginning, we were looking at about $2 million in collections. And now we're looking at $5 million million in collections. And we still only have one staff person. We just haven't been able to invest in enough to keep the redundancy necessary to maintain that position. And when I talk about cuts, I've been criticized publicly when we talk about the tourism zone. Well, the tourism zone should just cut something. Just reduce some of your cost. What do you want us to reduce the cost in? Do you want us to stop looking for people that aren't paying room tax? Do you want us to stop collecting the tax and remitting it? Do you want us to cut having an attorney to go after and litigate those people that aren't paying room tax when somebody else is? 
something has to give. And that's what I mean by cutting. Um, and I also, and I also think that as a business, if the town and municipality is looked at as a business, I looked at, at ourselves as a product as well. So I think we should continue to find revenue streams to reinvest in the product that we enjoy as a community and we participate in. Um, the, kind of, yeah, I'm glad you mentioned some of the tourism zone implications because that was maybe going back a year or two, well, probably two years now, because the last year has just been totally engulfed in COVID. But about two years ago was the first time I started hearing rumblings of like, how do we fix this issue with the tourism zone? Because there were more and more vacation rentals to track down to make sure they were paying their tax. And a lot of them, you have to hold their hand through how to pay the tax. And I remember Kim Roberts and Josh Van Leeshout talking to me about this uh, a couple of years ago about just being kind of overwhelmed by this. And then also some of the state legislation making it even harder because they were kind of giving some loopholes to Airbnb and VRBO to make it harder for communities to, to collect this tax. So that was the first time I remember hearing the rumblings. And then I'm curious how much did, how much of an impact for you in moving forward on this was when you became Bailey Tarver town chair, um, when the previous chair, Doug Smith resigned kind of, a, at least to, to my knowledge, very abruptly shortly after the, the COVID crisis hit and you were asked to, to fill that role on an interim basis. So how much of it was, was there something of like taking that role with the town and realizing the scope of the budget situation or that pushed you a little farther on this? Well, I think there's, there's a number of mitigating factors. I'm one was, I'd thought about this for a long time. I've, I've run it by people for a few years, hoping that someone would take the ball and run with it. Um, but no one wanted it. It's a controversial thing. It's not an easy thing to pass. Um, in order to change room you tax... You seem to have a lot of fun with it every day on the phone. I Yeah, that's one way to put it. That's one way to look at it, Miles. And yes, and if I look at it more that way, I'd smile more. Um, the... The reality is, is that in order to change room tax, so we have 19 municipalities that participate in it right now. We didn't talk about this. And in order to change room tax, you need two thirds of those municipalities to vote in favor of that change. So you need 13 municipalities to say, yes, I'm in favor of increasing room tax. So when I come to the town of Bailey's Harbor, I bring it up with our town board as a question, like, what do they think of this possibility? And, and understand that we had also been in the throes of debating a short-term rental ordinance for the last year as well. That had been part of this. And people were looking at the impact of short-term rentals. And so when you bring up room tax, you say, okay, well, short-term rentals are, are there are more and more of them in our community, and they are putting more and more wear on our infrastructure. I'm, I'm using that broad word again, infrastructure. They're putting yep. more and more wear and tear on our wastewater treatment plant. Um, and so how do we find a way to recoup some of the cost that that is actually putting upon the municipality? I don't want to tax the, the local more, so the solution is to pass a, have a, go to the pass-through tax of a room tax and find a, a way to increase it to bring more money in. And then the other fear I had is looking at where, what the future was of our community and business associations, because the reality is, is that if the municipalities need more money, one of the things that they could look at cutting is the funding of our community business associations. Does that make sense? Like, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, if like the village of Ephraim has basically funded the Ephraim Business Council to, fit to the tune of 50% of their overall 30% of room tax, which is in the realm of seventy dollars to $90,000 on average. And if the village of Ephraim, they've had a lot of high water issues. If they decide that they want to invest that money in, in their own community instead of giving it to marketing, what happens to the Ephraim Business Council? And what happens to that group that puts on the Fear Ball event? Same thing in Sister Bay. Um, they've got ongoing expenses. I know that Sister Bay is dedicated these to those are, communities. These conversations are happening at most of these municipalities. Like I, I've been at these meetings. They, they're talking about cutting a lot of these funds. Yep. It came up in Gibraltar. It came up in Ephraim. It came up in Bailey's Harbor. It's come up in every single one. And I looked at increasing room tax, not just to give Destination Door County more money. I looked at it and said, hey, Destination Door County in 2019. So the, the problem, you, you asked, how did, why did I come to this? Miles, it's because I wear too many hats. I've put on all sorts of hats through my tenure in Door County. In, so in 2005, I was chairman of the Strategic Marketing Coalition that raised money to bring Marshall Murdoch in. Four years later, I was asked to chair the Destination Door County board of directors. So I was, and I was on the committee that hired Jack Moneypenny in the first place. So I've, I've seen what Destination Door County has done. I was intimately involved with their organization. Since then, I've worn a hat of the, the vice chairman of the tourism zone. So I'm intimately aware of what their budgets are and how limited they are in their, their budget. 
Um, and then join, then taking over the chairmanship of the town of Bailey's Harbor, I'm even more involved in see what is happening between those marketing, the marketing agency for the town, as well as what's going on in the town. So you take all of those pieces and then looking at the knowledge that we have in our office with you doing all your reporting and Deb doing all of her reporting and the discussions we have about the state of affairs of each municipality, there's kind of this bringing together of all these challenges. And I'm not saying that room tax is this panacea cure for everything, but it certainly could help. Um, you bring in room tax and the way that you delegate the way that those funds could be spent really gives an opportunity for our communities to have the revenues necessary to continue the services that the locals and the visitors are used to, as well as make ourselves a little bit better because I think we still can be better. A couple things. Uh, when you mentioned short-term rentals, uh, I think that's probably another term that like is jargony for a lot of people. So just to clear that up, you know, the difference between it's not referring necessarily to lodging establishments like your traditional hotels, motels, B&Bs, but generally short-term rentals is another word for an Airbnb, a vacation rental, a VRBO, um, those that have proliferated to such a huge degree over the last couple of years. And the, the unique thing about those is if somebody came to, to a town with a 40-unit hotel, that town would evaluate that on a lot of different measures, both traffic impact, they do traffic studies. They would do, how is this going to impact our wastewater treatment plant? Whereas when somebody shifts a, a home or a condo into a short-term rental, that same sort of evaluation doesn't happen. The same sort of permitting doesn't happen. It just starts to add up. And so once you start adding, you know, 100 or 200 of those into a community, you think of how would you evaluate that if it were a 200-unit hotel? It would, it would get a lot of scrutiny. But as individual one, two, three unit at a time things, it doesn't happen, but it still has an impact on the on the community. Well, and they're also an integral part now of tour- tourism in the United States and nationwide and yeah. world and worldwide. Um, that's people like to travel and stay in and stay in a home, and that's not necessarily in a hotel. There's plenty of people who still want to stay in a B and a traditional B and B or a hotel, but there's a whole new traveler that just wants to stay in those Airbnbs and VRBOs and short term rentals. You mentioned the the visitor bureau, and one of the questions that's come up with room tax is why are you bringing this forward? Why do if we see the number of people that we've seen in the county in recent years, and if tourism's going up, why do we need to give more money to Destination Door County? And why why isn't Destination Door County the one coming to us telling us they need it? Why is it Dave Elliott? So, what's your response to that? Well, same response I had in two thousand and five when I was asked the same question in six, because back then. It wasn't the Chamber of Commerce going to those municipal meetings and asking for room tax. It was the business owners and the community asking for the destiny, for that chamber to get more money. Um, it's hard for the people that need the money or that would be the recipients of the money to go and ask for it. Um, it's even hard for me from the representative of the town of Bailey's Harbor to go forward and say, hey, I need, I would like to increase room tax because the town receives money. Um, and, and why now? Well, Destination Door County in... 2019, their new strategic plan for the next three years, so for 2020, 2021, and 2022, was really they changed from a destination marketing organization to a destination management organization. Why did they do that? Because they saw the growth in tourism and they said, okay, how many visitors can we keep inviting here without looking at the impact that it might do and effect it might have on our community to change it? Are more people are more people here going to ruin the dunes? Are more people here going to eliminate any possibility that I can park at the grocery store? Are they going to make it harder for me to enjoy the things that I enjoy? So Destination Door County looked at those things and said, you know what? We need to become more a management organization. We want to partner more with our municipalities. We want to partner more with uh, the other stakeholders of our community, which include the cultural uh, um, entities that exist like Northern Sky, like Peninsula Players and the Peninsula School of Art and the historical aspects of that and the cultural aspects and the heritage of this community and work better with them to promote them and invest in them. We want to invest more in the individual business and community associations. So they have it in on their agenda to put more money and more effort behind preserving this place and not just marketing it. And when I, I went to Destination Door County early in this process and we started a dialogue about how Destination Door County, if they got more money, could reapply those funds, not necessarily on more dollars and cents going out of the county to promote this place, but more coming back in. So part of the plan... More money to, to manage this place. More money to manage this place. Like a Norbly Memorial Gate at the county line. Absolutely, but that would have a drawbridge and some kind of toll booth at it, I'm <laughs> yeah. assuming. Um, 
the uh, the idea though would be that Destination Door County would find a way to take over the municipal funding of those individual marketing groups that would take over paying for the Sister Bay advancement, take over the money, the forty percent that Bailey's Harbor of its room tax that it pays every year to Bryn to Bryn and the Bailey's Harbor Community Association. Destination Door County would take over that expense. So it's not more money going out. It's actually preserving Bailey's Harbor Community Association and that way allowing more money to be left in the town for the town to spend on what it chose to be important. Who does it hurt? If you have a tax, everyone says, all right, you're going to tax that some service or you're going to add this tax, a property tax or whatever it is. Who is it taken from? Who does it hurt? Is this going to hurt tourism? If if we raise the, the room tax, isn't that going to stop people from wanting to come to Door County? There is an argument out there that says that. Um, there's an, also an argument out there that says that if you increase room tax by two and a half percent, an innkeeper or lodging owner might say, you're increasing my rate by two and a half percent and you're not letting me increase my rate for whatever else other expenses that I may incur that I have to cover. Um, and it's brought, been brought up that with, hey, with COVID, all these new cleaning things had to come in that each hotel had to put in and each short-term rental put in. So you're, you're putting a further burden on this group. I argue the opposite. I don't think that's true. Um, I think that people who travel, they choose their destination based on how safe it is, how clean it is, how beautiful it is, and who they're going to enjoy that vacation with. And as actually as a result to answer that specific question about the rate increase, um, the, the tourism zone, actually the one of the mem- board members in the tourism zone, who's on the executive committee is Brian Nelson. He's proprietor along with his wife, Joan, of the Blacksmith Inn in Bailey's Harbor. Um, Brian brought up, he said, I have a great concern that the increase of 2.5% is going to hurt the elasticity of um, the price of my lodging place. Like, i.e., you increase room tax, it's going to price people out of coming to Door County. So he asked that the Tourism Zone commission a study from UW-Whitewater to come in and do the research on whether the increase in room tax would have an effect on the elasticity of his price points, actually of of all price points. So the Tourism Zone agreed. They created an ad hoc committee of eight lodging owners, um, including short-term rentals and innkeepers and B&B owners. And they hired an outside firm, UW-Whitewater, to do the research. The study came back last week, uh, well, what I can't remember, a couple weeks, a week and a half ago now, the study results came back. And basically it said that room tax increases or decreases do not have an effect on travel. It doesn't have an impact. It's unelastic meaning the room tax rate goes up, there's no direct link to show that that would change a traveler's mind to, to come to a destination. And it does not affect the, tr- the tourism spend that that person makes in the community. Are there other arguments that you've heard from municipalities, uh, people in the tourism industry, any other pushback that we haven't talked about here? Well, there's the concern of credit card fees. I think we talked about that. $1,000 of revenue to a lodging owner would be 75 cents at the most fee on top of for the two and a half percent credit card two and a half percent room tax increase um, affects the the challenge of a rate increase i think we i talked about that briefly that's there's still a lot of pushback from some lodging owners that say that that is a problem however with that said that ad hoc committee that was fully educated on why the uh, increase wouldn't hurt voted six to two in favor of a room tax increase from five and a half to eight percent um, then that went to the tourism zone, which is predominantly made up of lodging owners and pre- almost all lodging owners with some administrative people in it, including myself. Um, that voted with th- only three dissenting votes to increase room tax from five and a half to eight percent. So the lodging owners that were educated on this see that there's a path forward that shouldn't hurt their business. Um, what else? Oh, I've, we've heard that. Well, to your point, some people say, well, we don't need more marketing in Door County. We market this place enough. We don't need more people. I'm not arguing that we need more and more people. I'm arguing that we need to preserve the infrastructure that keeps the people that are coming, coming, so that we can continue to maintain the livelihoods of those people that rely on it for their livelihoods. So you, you talked about some of the ways that this that this could be split up and, and some of that money going back to the municipalities and going back to fund the individual community associations. Why not attach this to a specific project or a specific need? You've heard people for years say, well, we should take room tax and we should spend that on affordable housing or we should spend it on pet project X, Y, Z. So, you know, sometimes I, I've thought, well, if this were, if you had a, a, a clear attachment of like, we want to raise 2.5% and that 2.5% will go to X project, it might be easier to sell. But why not do that? Well, I think it's hard to predict what the needs are. 
over a long period of time. So the idea here is, is that, as I stated a little bit ago, it takes 13 municipalities to change the room tax ordinance. So we're trying to keep that as simple as possible. Um, so the idea is that if 13 municipalities agree to an 8% room tax with a 30-70 split, that then the tourism zone, so this is where it gets complicated and people, I lose people, so I'm gonna, but I'm going to say it anyways. So the tourism zone would then create an, an, an agreement with Destination Door County. Uh, um, uh, basically, it's an agreement between two different enti- two entities. And the tourism zone basically is saying that Destination Door County is agreeing to commit 19% of their new revenue back into the individual community and business associations. And they're also willing to put up to $300,000 back into municipal infrastructure for tourism-related infra- tourism things. Why not apply that with, with more little asterisks and more little things about this should be applied to this and this should be applied to that? I think that we need to have a collective conversation about what those things are and get agreement on what they are before we push them forward. And by the way, we're not talking about implementing room tax until at the earliest January 1st of 2022. So we have 10 months here to talk about where else that money could be spent collectively. I understand the attainable affordable housing challenge. It's everywhere. It's a it's something that each community faces, but we don't have one voice that's trying to solve that problem. We have a collective different islands trying to solve that problem. And there's work on that. WIDA has a partnership right now to fix that. What I'm getting at is there's of course, I would personally, I would love to see um, a bunch of at least a quarter of a million dollars of what Destination Door County gets. I'd love to see that put towards public transportation. I think that would be a brilliant way to help some of our obtainable housing challenges. I think it would be help to solve some of our parking problems. All of our municipalities invest tons of money in, in paving over open fields. Let's leave the fields open and let's just develop public transit. Um, I would love to see Destination Door County commit some of those dollars to working with the charitable organizations up here, whether it's a nature conservancy group um, that's trying to, that's promote that's using their marketing dollars to promote the Ridges Sanctuary combined with the Land Trust combined with the state parks and talk about coming here and how to keep preserving this place. Sure, there's all those options, but to commit them for now until perpetuity, it doesn't make sense. Um, we tried that, actually. The 4% that was designated to fund the tourism zone that we put in place back in 2006 and seven. it turns out it's not enough. So we're stuck with that right now, and it's hard to change that. It's a, it's, you have to change 13 municipalities' minds to change their funding source, and that's not a good thing to have written in the legislation. So I'm all for earmarking money as long as there's a way to make sure that we can make it malleable and move. Well, there's another factor in there, too, just under, understanding the legislation, is that you can't just take room tax and decide we're going to start funding, use all of it. You might say, cause somebody might say like, well, 5 million a year, we just take the next four years and we build $20 million worth of affordable housing. That's not how it works. 70% still has to go toward the marketing tourism and promotion. That's I'm understanding that correct. Right? Yes. I mean, I mean, it, that can include a visitor center that can include public transportation actually would qualify. Um, it's at it, it, the, the, I'm going to use the word you don't like. The infrastructure, the tourism infrastructure refers to things that are used with people that have overnight stays. So okay. if if like if you have a ball field that you do that is used for that people come and attend for like um, some kind of um, for tournament, a or, tournament something. or something like that, then it could qualify to be repaired by room tax dollars. But if it's just for county league and used by locals, it's not. Okay. But if County League had a traveling team that came from somewhere else that put their families up in a hotel, sure, that qualifies as something that can be used for tourism dollars. Um, and I and to, to that point, if you actually add up what has been spent on marketing, we have more than 70%. I mean, the municipalities have put $450,000 annually towards their individual marketing agencies, which... All that money is is money that's spent underneath the state statute of marketing dollars. Yeah. So we're spending actually closer to 72 to 73 percent of room tax money outside of the, towards tourism promotion stuff. Um, and then but the, the main chunk that could go towards some of those other projects is largely out of that 30 percent. That goes back to the municipalities, right? Which part are you? I'm, I'm, I'm talking. Well, when you're looking at like when people say, oh, we should put this toward affordable housing or we should put it toward transportation or, uh, you know, like uh, bike pass or something like that, the. And, and bike pass would probably qualify into bike the same thing. Bike pass would qualify into the 70%. Transportation would qualify into the 70% as long as it was used for tourists Tourism. to use the most. Um, affordable housing would not. That would have to yeah. fall under the 30% that would be part of 
So and I just powers. say that just to clarify, because I know a lot of people are like, well, let's just use that for anything. And it, there are there are some regulations on where it can go and, and how much of and which which portion of that pie it comes from. Sure. Um, what, what the but what the tourism dollars could be used for is we're short on help. Right. I mean, all of our businesses would love to find a way to get more employees and we're short on help. So Destination Door County could help. And they've and that's part of their initiative is they're looking to promote more of, hey, come and work in Door County. Come and stay and work because that's still promoting visitors. It's probably somebody who might be seasonal, but it, it is supporting the local um, businesses as well. Well, so let's say this goes through and January 1st of 2022, we, we have this increased room tax. Everyone's on board. What's different in five years, potentially? Like, let's talk about what's possible. <laughs> like, I'd love to talk about what's possible. Let's say, I mean, obviously that means that property taxes didn't have to go up to pay for some of these infrastructure needs. That's like a baseline there. And you're at least getting some of these communities might be getting 50,000, 100,000, 150,000 more dollars a year because they're not spending it on their community association. If indeed the visitor bureau then takes on that task, then also just their extra money. But like what kinds of things could you see, you know, your chair of town of Bailey's Harbor for at least another, what? Two month and a half. All right. Cause you've said you're, you're not running um, to retain that seat. But what would maybe be possible in Bailey's Harbor? Uh, well, I, actually, the, you asked why am I, no one, you didn't specifically ask why are you doing this. Um, why I'm doing this is because- I ask I, myself that every damn day, Dave. All right, well, <laughs> the reason why I'm doing this is because I'm looking 10, 10 years down the road. Um, I, like you can say five years, five years is good too. I think that we can do better. I think that I, we look at how communication worked in a pandemic, and I think we could have been better. And I think that the- the destination Door County can get stronger and should be stronger and can be. I think it can work better with its indivi- with the individual marketing agencies that have been set up within each individual town. And those, those agencies can work better with our municipalities to communicate with not only visitors, but with locals as well. I think we can improve the relationship between locals and visitors and understand the symbiotic relationship that actually exists there. Hey, the visitors pay for us to have the amenities that we have, and we have to find a way to get along together. So... What's better in five years? I think that relationship. I think that there's a more understanding and, and a trust between the locals and the visitors that, hey, we all want the same thing. We all want a beautiful place to live, and we all want access to the, the amenities that we all desire, whether that's having a grocery store around the corner or being able to go see a play. Both of those things are important for cultural, let alone um, healthy living, right? So The counter to that, of course, is like, why do we need money for these people to talk to each other and have a better relationship? Oh, easy enough because they're not informed properly because we're not talking about which each one wants. Instead, we're looking at what everybody's losing instead of what they could get together. What I'm getting at here is like the reason why we have a we have a huge cancer wing at Door County Medical Center isn't because the locals all of a sudden got a whole bunch more money in their pockets. It's because the seasonal visitors came and said, hey, we want a better hospital. Locals get access to that, which they wouldn't otherwise have. Look at rural hospitals throughout the state. The reality is, is that they're not as good as ours because right. we have great visitors and seasonal people that donate to it. That's that's what I'm talking about. And and the and the visitors need to understand that when they tread on an off trail and they destroy some other part of a park, they're hurting a local's backyard. That's what I'm talking about. The symbiotic. Um, relationship there. And Destination Door County has started to make that commitment. They've engaged in a leave no trace program, which is looking to when people come and visit that they understand why we have trails to stay on and what safety measures you should take when you're out and about. Um, So it's starting and it's beginning. But money, money is a big piece of it. But sure, infrastructure, whether the we have a sidewalk on the side of a road, uh, Bailey's Harbor uh, was was a perfect example. We have... By the way, I've been taking shots of Jameson every time Dave says infrastructure throughout this whole episode. So I'm going to go straight to the hospital after yeah, this one. He hasn't been because he's not slurring. Um, the, we have three campgrounds at, on um, down County F and we have really, really small shoulders. And during the summer, a lot of people walk and bike down that and it would be really nice to have a sidewalk, but to put a sidewalk from the center of town down to the campgrounds would be well over a hundred thousand dollars. So if you talk about cutting, that's one thing that we just won't do. The town just can't afford to do it. But if we had more money, it's certainly a safety thing that goes right past an apartments where a bunch of locals live that would allow their kids to walk safely into town without having to walk on a small, narrow road. That's a benefit that I think affects both tourists and locals that helps make our lives better. Our playgrounds have aging equipment. We do the best to put things into them, 
But the locals, what kids would benefit just as much as the visiting kids if that equipment improved and got better. Um, I'm glad you mentioned that with the sidewalk, because that's one of those more tangible things that that people can envision as like, oh, yeah, that's better. And if you live in Bailey's Harbor or work here like we do, like you see how dangerous that stretch of road can can seem sometimes when you come around that corner and the, the sun blinds you and there's someone walking on the side of the road. Um, and, and you look at Fish Creek where they have the big black power poles that I think are pretty universally hated. Bailey's Harbor is going to look at their highway project sometime in the next what, five, five to 10 years, depending on how far it gets pushed. But bearing power lines might come up in Bailey's Harbor. Knowing that you had like a source like this, you could potentially a town, if they want to think down the road, could start stocking away, you know, $100,000 a year or something to, to fund a project like that. Potentially, it's hard for towns to put money aside like that these days, but there's a potential you could do something like that. The, the challenge is, is that as soon as this much money comes in, there's so many projects that everybody has had on the back burners that everybody has said, we can't do that. We'd love to do that. Oh, I've got a big list of projects. I'm going to go. Yeah. It's, (laughs) it's just the reality of the situation. I think it's not just to throw more money solves every problem. That's not what I'm getting at. I think that more money helps alleviate the stress of a town having to cover the cost of its marketing, local marketing, um, which then opens up more money for the town to put back into local infrastructure. And then because Destination Door County is funding those community associations, it improves the communication, which should actually save both entities some money. So there's there should be some cost savings in there, which should open up more funds to spend back on other things within the municipalities. So there's a, there's a lot of lot of potential good things that can happen. And the idea is that it's a pass-through tax that a visitor spends and has to pay that gets passed through to then the, then the municipalities and the, the Destination Door County. And then those organizations, it's up to the taxpayers and the members of Destination Door County to hold those entities responsible for those funds. More well, that, mon- was, that was going to be my, my final question. I was like, okay, you, you, you pass this money on to Destination Door County or anyone else. Like who, how do you trust that people spend the money wisely? Well, I think part of the... The communication breakdown, and this is, I've experienced this more and more as chairman of town of Bailey's Harbor, is that everybody thinks that the town could spend more money more frugally. Everybody thinks that there's something that they can cut. But then when you pick the thing to cut that they like, they get upset and say, why don't you cut this? Well, then you're cutting something else that somebody else has their heart set on continuing to do for the town. So the idea here is to try to look at this more of, hey, if we were a business and we were trying to improve our product constantly, what do we want to invest in? And let's pick our priorities and do that moving forward. And then who's going to hold them accountable? You got to go to town meetings. You got to, you still got to listen. But the hope would be that with investing more money in your local business association and with Destination Door County, that we would, they would be better at communicating back to us as locals and to visitors about what's going on in our municipalities. Isn't the current $3 million enough to do that? Um, it should be to a point, yes. And I believe that they've marked that as something they're looking at improving. Absolutely. And, and it's also our role, too, Miles. It's actually your job to tell the communities what, they're, what their municipalities are up to. i got to tell them all about the damn six-hour meeting in, in Shipwreck yesterday. I can't. Yes. <laughs> well, careful. Don't use swear words yet. Not yet. Um, so, and, then, and then it's actually Destination Door County found out recently that they're considering um, potentially changing their, their kind of their membership structure. Right now, it's a business member-run organization. So the, it's right now membership money into Destination Door County accounts to about $300,000 a year in membership dues. And they get about $3.1 million in revenue from room tax. So it's a membership organization that's run by, that's controlled by the business members that are only contributing 10% of their budget. So some people in the municipalities have been pushing back and saying, hey, let's change Destination Door County to a municipal member organization so that instead of having a business one, maybe all the businesses could get free listings on the website instead of having to pay for it. And the municipalities would then have oversight over Destination Door County instead of uh, a membership organization that's based on business. And well, and that's what I was kind of getting at more specifically is, you know, as town of Bailey's Harbor, you put your budget out by line item for the entire community to review and go point by point by point. And so does Gibraltar and so does every town. So who does that when you're taking essentially, I think it would come to close to $6 million in tax dollars now, if you get the 2.5%. It's over 7 million actually. I'm way off over $7 million of tax dollars are going to, and a big chunk of that is going to the destination door County entity. Mm -hmm. So a non-governmental entity. So who is, 
who gets to see those books? Who gets to make sure that that money is being wisely spent? Actually, a lot of the Destination Door County budgets are on the Tourism Zone website. So the Tourism Zone does have oversight of that. They approve the budget every year along with the membership of Destination Door County. So as much as they're a private 501c6, they also have oversight from the Tourism Zone right. with those dollars and cents. It's not... It, it functions, let's be honest, it's, it functions the same way as most municipalities. It's not like municipalities throw their budget in everybody's face and say, look, this is how we're spending money. They hold a budget hearing, a municipality holds a budget hearing, and those who, those who have the time show up, and those who don't have the time complain about how the money was spent. That's just how <laughs> it works on, on every single level of government and in every single level of um, business association or 501c3. I mean, that's a constant thing. All right, I'll give you one last chance with one line without using the word infrastructure. As quick as possible, not complicated. Why do you think people should support increasing the room tax? Well, since you have a bottle of whiskey, that's how many ounces and how many shots. <laughs> infrastructure, 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 infrastructure. What was the question again, Miles? Yeah. You want one sentence with I, why? I want your, your, your very short elevator ride version of this. For why we should increase room tax? Why Make your case. I can't do it in one sentence, Miles. It's an impossible task. Come on, you're a terrible marketer, Dave. I, I've been told that before. Um, somehow, yeah, I'm not even going to answer that question. We need a room tax so that we can continue to invest in, a, in the Door County product, and we continue to keep people coming here, but make sure that we're managing the level of, of how many people are coming here, but as well as investing back in the things that our community has relied on and, and takes for granted, quite frankly. All right, I'll stop it there after what feels like seven or eight hours. Um, Dave, thanks for uh, taking the questions and um, giving us some more background on, on the room tax situation. Thank you, Miles. It's a, it's a lovely journey we're all on here. And thank you to the listeners and join us next time on the Door County Pulse podcast. Thank you so much for listening to the Door County Pulse podcast. If you want to support us at the Pulse, check out doorcountypulse.com shop where you can get a weekly Pulse subscription purchase some incredible Door County artwork from Pulse artist Ryan Miller, and much more. We hope you've enjoyed the Door County Pulse podcast, and we will see you next time.